This is an APTA podcast. This podcast is an interview from APTA's 2018 Next Conference and Exposition, held in Orlando, Florida from June 27th through the 30th. Go to APTA.org next to find other news from this 2018 event, and please save the date for next 2019, happening June 12th through 15th in Chicago. Hey, from Orlando, Florida, I'm Jason Bellamy, coming to you from Next 2018. I'm joined by Julie Sexton and Michelle Ramirez, excuse me. And you guys had a bright and early session here at, uh, at Next this morning um, related to everything from putting evidence into practice to you talked about how you adopted direct access. Um, I want to talk to you about all of that. Um, but it was you, you did this from a health system approach, right? And so my first question to you, Julie, is, is you took this on over a number of years to improve the quality of your care. And the first message that you provided today, and you said maybe the most important message, was to dream big. You didn't just sort of want to tweak around the edges. You really wanted to improve the quality of practice. So I hate to ask you to boil 90 minutes down to 90 seconds, right? But give me the overview of kind of all the things you tackled when you dreamed big. Well, it really started from a foundation of wanting to um, ensure we had quality care across our system and so um, and how to do that and how to do that in a system that's large and has lots of people in lots of locations and so we took it one piece at a time and our first project was our, our orthopedic residency program and when we saw the opportunity for that we we decided we needed to tackle it. Um, it, it's a daunting process when you look at it and try to figure out how to do it. Um, but again, we reached outside of our organization, used mentors within in the, our profession, and got the support we needed to get that done. So um, dreaming that you can do this, that you can get it done, um, kept just kind of moving us along and getting us there. From there, it was a matter of utilizing that platform to launch things that supported um, advancing our clinical care across our whole organization. And again, just believing you could do it and you could get the buy-in of the entire team. From there, we went to direct access, and at a hospital, achieving direct access is also filled with lots of barriers and obstacles, but um, we knew we could do it if we just stuck to it and, um, again, used folks outside of our organization to guide us through it, talk us through what we needed to do. They pretty much gave us a roadmap to it, and so followed those um, pathways that have been done before and kept going and kept going and did it. So just believing you can um, and really just wanting to do yeah, so Michelle, you were involved in a really important part of that uh, evolution. Um, the Mary McMillan lecture just ended here, and, and Lori Hack talked about many things, and one of the things she talked about was the importance of operating off of best, best available evidence. And we hear that all the time, and we understand that intuitively, but making that happen is not easy, right? And so um, talk about the process you guys did. You developed a feedback loop to find that, but you really leaned into clinical practice guidelines. And what was the process for doing that? Yeah, so we um, wanted to focus on the cervical spine because that was one of our highest volume and lowest performing groups um, within the clinical practice guidelines. And so we really decided to use the practice guidelines as a framework uh, to develop almost a systematic way to go through this process of taking the evidence, implementing it into um, knowledge, and then translating that knowledge into clinical practice for our therapists. Um, so we started off with, which was the foundation, was the measurement process. And that's really just figuring out where you're at um, in order to be able to improve where you want to be um, on a later future basis. 
And so we went through this feedback loop where we started with a literature review, um, went through that of the APTA um, clinical practice guidelines. We also used the APTA current concepts of orthopedics and developed almost an education plan for our managers and then delivered that to our clinicians. And at the end, because we had the measurement component, we were really able to objectify um, what the outcomes were of implementing that process. And for us, luckily, we had great results, and our patients most importantly improved out of that. Yeah, and, and so, uh, you know, you were out, uh, again, this was a multi-year process, and so APTA's evolution, for example, clinical practice guidelines have been in process for years. The physical therapy outcomes registry, which only la launched last year, wasn't an option for you back right. then. But the principle is the same, right? It's getting all this data, seeing what you see. Um, you saw variants in practice, you saw those things. Yeah. At the end of the session today, a guy asked a great question. He basically said, there are so many philosophies to care, mm -hmm. and, and how do clinical practice guidelines square with that? And, and so what was your answer to that question? Yeah, so the clinical practice guidelines for us was really almost the minimum standard of care that we wanted our therapists to practice by. And so because we're a profession where over the years it has, there's been an evolution of different theories and different evidence that has come out, we really use the practice guidelines as our foundation for that. And so, um, of course, there's going to be variability, and you have to make those clinical decisions on when the guidelines would be most appropriate to use for which patients and at what time. So those are things that we made sure to educate our clinicians that it's not meant as a protocol. It's meant almost as a framework to be able to reference back to. Right. So, um, and I'm not sure who the, this question is most appropriate for, um, but the other thing you did was didn't just say, this is the clinical practice guideline. You did some coaching to make sure people understood what that meant, and I think that's so important. It's, it's in different practices, so many people feel like, I don't have time to be strategic, or I don't have time to do whatever, and you built in the time for them to step back and look at that. How did you do that? How much time did that take? Yeah, so um, the whole process started out with coming out with a plan. So. You know, we educated the managers initially, um, and that was about a two and a half hour lab session, and we did that on a monthly basis for over a period of months. The managers then were um, responsible for taking that information and delivering it to their clinicians at their clinics during that same period. And so they would basically back up what they were learning from the practice guidelines and the, the research committee's um, teaching into their clinical practice so that it was a it was a follow-up that was very smooth for them, and we did that over a period of months, and then after that there was actually a um, competency component that just allowed us to have some accountability and making sure that all of our therapists really understood what was being taught um, and, under, and understood really what the practice guidelines were and how they can help uh, their patients in the future. So you wanted to create a culture of accountability, a culture of using clinical practice data, or guideline data, excuse me, um, and all of that really improved you. Then the other thing that you really tackled was direct access. Um, you talked about this really intense one year to, to really adopt best, or direct access and, and, and utilize that. One of the things that I took away from listening to you is we think about direct access all the time as making the consumer aware that direct access exists and what physical therapists do. And if I heard you correctly, as much as anything, it seemed like the light bulb went on for other healthcare providers. So explain that ultimately. Absolutely. So our success around direct access really started with getting physician engagement. And um, although I, I would say we were surprised as well at how important that became. Originally our goal was get physicians to support it enough to let us do it. 
um, but it really turned out to be a situation where the physicians became our champions and they were leading the charge. They were out there talking about it when I'm not there. Um, it, in fact, I ran into many situations where they tell me, oh, I was at this meeting the other night and I talked about direct access. And so really finding that um, physicians can, can be your champion and they can help drive this, this initiative is huge, especially in a hospital system. In hospital systems, physicians are, are revered. You know, physicians are key to growth of the hospital and hospitals pay a lot of attention to what a physician has to say. So if you can get those the physicians as your champions and specifically the physician leaders as your champions, it's going to help boost you along. Yeah, and I'm going to look here in my notes. You said, you know, we were, you were a solution for your healthcare system, basically. And that's tremendous. You know, you filled this need. Um, you, your system is trying not to discharge people out into nothingness, but to give them some place to go. And that's been physical therapy more often than not, which is tremendous. Um, the other thing you really talked about was, and again, this is one of those things we think about, is not to forget that your current patient is probably more likely to be a future patient for a different issue. How have you made that part of your culture as well? So again, as you think about how are we going to educate the community to direct access, well, we first knew the community doesn't even know what physical therapy is, much less come directly. So we just picked the low-hanging fruit and um, really um, someone we can reach easily. So we ha just created a, a discharge flyer little piece of collateral that tells them PT for life, we can come, you know, you can come back to us directly, describes direct access and why you would do it. It, you know, saves you money, saves you time and gets you better faster. And so really that's now just standard as part of our discharge plan for our patients is that the therapist is introducing the patient to that. So I'm going to give each of you a shot at this last question. Again, this was this big, bold journey. You started by dreaming big, but for anybody else who hears this and wants to do any part of this, What's, what's their first step? Where, where do they start? Who do they go to? What do, whether it's internally, externally. Michelle, you want to take a shot first? Yeah, sure. I think um, being able to have the opportunity to attend conferences like Next and also CSM really allowed us to develop mentors along the way of other speakers who are presenting and being able to make those connections with them and using them as a resource for us. Um, and then also just measurement. So measure what you're doing. If you don't know where you're at, there's no way for you to make an improvement on that. There's no way to know, objective, objectively know whether you're going to um, improve your process of care or quality of care without knowing where you're first starting from. Julie? Sure. So um, I would echo that measurement is key, and we talked a lot about that this morning in the lecture of measuring. And from, Mich from Michelle's standpoint, it's measuring clinical outcomes. From my standpoint, it's measuring your business success. And so having a tool to do that along the way. But I would say even before you get there and it is that you have a structure, an organizational structure, and a support system that helps drive all of this. So, you know, as a clinician, if you want to achieve great things, but you don't have a, a leader or an administrator that's ready to support you, you're going to run into roadblocks. So it's really getting, so wherever you are, getting the, that, that team together, that administrative support that's going to remove all those barriers for you. That's the job of that team, is, is open the pathway for you to go to achieve your big dreams. Yeah, find your champions. Uh, for Michelle Ramirez and Julie Sexton, I'm Jason Bellamy. We're going to be right back with more broadcasts here from Orlando, including Lori Hack, this year's McMillan Lecture. We'll catch you later. Later. This is an APTA podcast.